Shabbat shalom. Orthodox and conservative Jews living outside the land of Israel are celebrating the eighth day of Passover tonight. For the rest of us, the majority of the world's Jews, actually, Passover ends tonight. You can eat bread without guilt. <laughs> Although, as always, we in the synagogue will observe kosher for Passover food out of deference and respect for those who are observing the eighth day. And therefore, since for us, Passover ends tonight and it's just another Shabbat, the Torah portion of the week is the next one in the annual cycle called Shmini. If you want to hear the most moving chanting of this Parsha from the book of Leviticus, and if you want to reflect on the most brilliant interpretation, come tomorrow morning to the B'nai Mitzvah ceremony of 11 adult members of Stephen Wise, men and women who have prepared diligently for this day and studied ferociously for two full years. In the words of the Parsha, you'll be blown away. <laughs> and then do yourselves a favor. If you hadn't had a bar bat mitzvah when you were young, join the next cohort of adult B'nai Mitzvah who will begin studying in the fall. The Haftarah portion of the week describes the ascension of David, king of Israel. He was 30 years old when he began his reign. It would last 40 years. He had captured Jerusalem from the Jebusites, and it would forever after be known as the city of David. David brought the Ark of the Covenant containing the Ten Commandments to the heart of the city. He settled in Jerusalem and built a grand palace. In our very day, archaeologists are digging up what some contend are the remnants of that palace, if you've been up there in the city of David. Everything David had set out to do, he had done. He was at his peak, physically, emotionally, and politically. He was a gorgeous physical specimen, according to the Bible, overflowing with exceptional and mesmerizing charisma. He was beloved by the people. Like all politicians, he studied his approval ratings regularly. They were huge. <laughs> but the fire of David's ambition was not quelled. One fine day, as he was settled in his palace, he turned to Nathan the prophet and said, I dwell in a palace of cedar, and the ark of God dwells in a tent. In other words, David confessed, I've only just begun. My ambition now is to build a palace for God, a magnificent temple that will be the envy of the entire world to house the Ark of the Covenant. They will speak my name forever. 
This, Nathan, is my central ambition. All my life, I now realize I've been preparing for this moment to build a temple the likes of which have never been seen in the whole history of civilization. And Nathan the prophet responded with this verse. Kol asher bilvavcha, lech aseh ki Adonaimach. Whatever is in your heart, go and do, for God is with you. If it is in your heart, David, do it, and God will be with you. You know how the story turns out? In the end, David did not succeed in building the temple. The central ambition of his life was thwarted. God refused the king's offer. If you read the Bible carefully, it was a polite refusal from God. There's a verse there where God states rather lovingly, have I ever complained about not having a house of cedar? But it was a divine refusal nonetheless. In the end, the temple was built by Solomon, David's son. And while Jerusalem would forever be known as the city of David, the temple will always be called Solomon's temple. So on the one hand, David's story teaches the importance of human ambition. Be ambitious, be productive, have dreams and aspirations in your heart. Kol asher bilvavcha, lech aseh. Whatever is in your heart, go and do. Build houses, build houses of beauty, build houses of justice, build houses of art and science and music, and culture. Build temples to God. Build temples of personal accomplishment. Write books, solve equations, discover new worlds, cure diseases. Be the best that you can be. Never cease building, improving, and advancing. Never lose your ambition, never forfeit your dreams. Judaism will always prioritized ambition. Drive drives progress. Ambition powers the world. Without these, the rabbis taught no one would write great books, build beautiful houses, or even raise families. Jewish sages realized that ego propels achievement. Unlike other philosophies, Judaism never denigrated or underestimated the role of the self. To the contrary, collective achievement is linked to personal achievement. It's one reason why Jews tend to do so well in economic systems that 
incentivize personal ambition. But David's story is not only about personal ambition. His life is also about unrealized ambition. It is not only about accomplishment. It is also about failure. It is not only about beautiful dreams. It's also about shattered dreams. And this, to me, is far more interesting. Because in the end, we fail in life more than we succeed. As Churchill said, success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Most of us will be denied the jobs that we wanted, recognition we prized, status we sought, and income we craved. If we have high ambition, most of our ambitions will be unrealized and unfulfilled. It is in the very nature of ambition to reach higher than our grasp. And so for most of us, the question is not primarily how to succeed. The question is how to manage our failures. The question is not whether we are ambitious. The question is whether we can deal with the inevitable dissolution of our ambition. Nathan, in the name of God, gives David license to fail. It will not be you, David, who will build God's temple. Nonetheless, kol asher bilvavcha lech aseh. Nonetheless, whatever is in your heart to do, go and do it, David, and God will be with you even if you do not succeed, even if your dreams are unrealized, the intention to build, the ambition to build is blessed. Years later, as Solomon dedicates the new temple, he remembers his father's unfulfilled ambition. The eternal God said to my father David, your intention to build a house for me was right. It was right that you had that intention. The temples of our ambition not built, these are often the truest measure of a person. We should judge people not only by the size of their bank accounts, but by the size of their aspirations. We should judge one another not only by the quantity of our degrees, but by the quality of our dreams. Give yourselves license to fail. If you are not prepared to fail, you will not succeed. One of the problems of our country is that failure is not an option. And the way we measure success are superficial.
and immediate. Who is up today and who is down? What have you done today? How much money did you make today? How much did you make this quarter? What was your grade today? How many multiple choice questions did you get right on the exam? Did you win or lose? Were you first? We've lost sight of the fact that today's failures create the conditions of tomorrow's successes. Unbuilt temples of ambition are the pillars of our children's palaces. David's ambition to build the temple laid the foundations for his son Solomon to finish the task. David pointed the way to Solomon's success. And so in a very real sense, Solomon's temple is the fruition of David's ambition. No scientist ever discovered anything that did not emerge from the rubble of failed experiments. No tree of knowledge ever did take root in soil that was not fertilized by the dust of failure. The history of progress is the history of failing. As Emerson wrote, all of our works of strength are done by dint of continual falling. It is this willingness to fail, this recognition that unfulfillment is as much a part of life as fulfillment, that restrains and balances our ambition, allowing us to live productive lives, able to withstand the bitter taste of inevitable failure. How many of us know people whose ambition is a form of madness? How many of us know people whose yearning for praise is unquenchable, whose thirst for riches insatiable? How many of us know people whose hearts are riddled like a honeycomb with ambition, who would do anything, cut any corner, step over anyone to satiate their own desires? How many of us know people whose view of paradise is to dominate, rule, trample, in the words of John Milton in Paradise Lost, to reign is worth ambition, though in hell. Better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. Have ambition, have drive, have good dreams. Whatever is in your heart, go and do. But realize, the temples we seek to build will often be left to future generations to complete. We build only brick by brick, stone by stone, piece by piece. This too is worthwhile. 
Life is about dreams and shattered dreams. Life is about yearning for the promised land and never arriving. It is about setting out to build a temple and leaving it only partially complete. But don't lose hope. Don't lose ambition. Don't stop trying. This is the central message of the story of David. It may be that we will fall short. It may be that we will fail. But we will have tried. What a wonderful thing to be said about us. That we tried. That our intention was good. That it was right to have such intention. And that intention is blessed by God.